Welcome to the new school. What we wanted to do was talk about the concept of authenticity and vulnerability in an industry that has typically been super buttoned up, super professional, and a little bit old school. Hello, and welcome to episode number three of season two of the New School Video Podcast. So this was a cool episode because we got to record it live on stage at BNY Mellon's Elite Conference. And we got to be in conversation with a topic that our industry has been grappling with, which is how do you market to attract diverse and top talent? That's a good question. Of course, we pulled in who we thought would give us expert advice, our friend and three times now podcast guest, Emlyn Miles Mattinglin, because he's the founder of the BLX internship program. So placing black and Latina interns and RAs across the country. And he had told me that they actually now have so many interns that they didn't have enough firms to place them in. So he said, perfect. He'd be the perfect guest to have this conversation. He's also the founder of Gen Next Wealth. And he is the one of the co-founders of Onyx, which is a platform and a membership program to help elevate and grow underserved financial advisors. When people are thinking about marketing to attract top or diverse or both top and diverse talent, I think that there's a lot of focus sometimes on what their website looks like, the imagery on there or in their social media. But as you'll find out in this conversation with Emlyn, it's actually so much more. You have to be living, embodying, being the thing that you want to be. And then only can you really market to attract that. So that's relevant to talent. It's relevant to the types of clients. And so I think you'll really enjoy this conversation if you're someone across the industry who is trying to really have a team that reflects more of what your client base and future client base looks like. And Emlyn provides his firsthand experience. He says, listen, we're all in it together. We're going to have learnings. We're going to have failures. But really, the ultimate reality is we have to embrace the uncomfortableness of it and stay committed to our overall vision. He is a change maker in our industry, and it's always an honor to have our friend Emlyn on the podcast. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. Uh, Thank you so much to Christina and everybody at the Pershing team for inviting us to have this opportunity with you today to record a live recording of our New School podcast. Um, As she said, I'm Meg Carpenter. I'm the CEO at FICOM. I'm here with Candace Carlton, who is the EVP of Advisor Growth Solutions. And we're joined by our very special guest, Emlyn Miles Mattingly, who Candace will introduce in just a moment. Um, at FICOM, our role within the industry is really to help businesses like yours to drive and accelerate organic growth through what we call new school marketing and PR. We work with RIAs and wealth management platforms to help them drive growth both from the top down at a corporate level, but also from the bottom up by empowering advisors to understand how to market better in their businesses. So we work with those RIAs and wealth management platforms. We also work with the individual financial advisors through our scalable solutions. And we work with custodians and asset managers who are looking to deepen distribution across the wealth management space. 
And all of those businesses and types of businesses have very separate and distinct needs, but what is consistent in the way that we do our work is that we're really looking to help our clients to find their voice and to tell their story in a very human-first and heart-centered way. And on the journey that we are on, we found that we needed some opportunities to demonstrate to the industry the importance of showing up in a human-first and heart-centered way. And that's why we launched two years ago the New School Podcast. We're so excited to be here to record this. So if you look at New School, it's spelt with a K versus the typical way that we're used to spelling school. And it was really an opportunity for us to show that the traditional standards within our industry have flipped on its head, really. And when we're thinking about modern marketing and growth, anyone can create a podcast. Anyone can create a YouTube channel. Anyone can be on social media. And so as consumers, we've become very discerning. We can tell when someone isn't speaking from firsthand experience, and we can tell when someone is selling to us. So when we're working with firms and advisors across the country, we're really trying to help them align their vision and values with their marketing message in a way that's really authentic. Not because it's some idealistic viewpoint of like what works, but because it actually works. So all of our guests across the New School podcast, and Emlyn has been on three times. He's only the reoccurring, only reoccurring guest so far. We've had um, CEOs of firms. We've had individual advisors. We've had commercial creators that make Apple Watch commercials. And they all tell their own individual journey of what it took and what it looked like for them to get really authentic and vulnerable within their business and then the difference it made, so driving to commercial results. Today, we're excited to be talking about marketing for talent. So we know it's an industry quandary right now. How do I get top talent? I want diverse talent, but I don't know where they are. Oh, maybe if we put some um, pictures that represent diversity on our social media platforms or on our website, maybe that will attract the type of talent that we're looking for. And philosophically, what we have found is that obviously doesn't work because it's not true. So we're super excited to have Emlyn Miles Mattingly on our podcast. He is the founder of Gen Next Wealth. So he's got his own RA that's done exceptionally well. He's also the host of a very successful podcast called Minority Money. And he was, his podcast was actually the winner of our podcast awards last year that we host in partnership with Investment News. He's also the founder of Onyx, which is a platform for underserved advisors, as well as the BLX internship. So we thought that he'd be an appropriate and compelling guest to talk about what does it actually require to attract top and diverse talent. So I invite you to filter this through your own lens of whatever issue you're having in your firm and like listen into how he's thinking about it and how he's approaching it so far. So Emlyn, it's such an honor to have you here. Thank you. Can you tell us the story of why you founded Onyx and BLX? Absolutely. Um, thanks for having me. And uh, I've been looking forward for this opportunity for a while. So, um, But when I think about why we started Onyx, why we started the BLX program, is basically um, started out of how difficult it was for me to get into the industry. right? In a place where we're saying that we want to have diversity, I couldn't get in. 
And so when I was, you know, when I started, uh, been in financial services for 22 years, I don't know how that happened. It just kind of snuck up on me, next thing you know. Um, so, so when I started, because of the difficulty, I, I, I interviewed at some large firms. Um, I was already a branch manager at the age of 26, so I had my Series 6, 63. So I had some licenses already, so, you know, it was obvious that I could pass the test that we had to take to, to, to get to the next level. Um, when I was told that I wasn't qualified, I was like, well, you know, what do I have to do? So I went to another place, I went to another place, and I finally got into the industry on my third try. I was able to go into an insurance shop. So I started there, worked there for a few years, got into the management program, and then um, through that journey, I started my own firm. We started Gen Next Wealth in 2017. And, and when I was, we, we went to this uh, conference, it was in 2019. Now, I've already had my firm, and we had went to this conference, and there was about 15 underrepresented advisors there. When we seen these 15 underrepresented advisors, we kind of like gravitated towards each other. All of us were kind of, we went to dinner together, we started talking, we put together a call. We had monthly calls about practice management and different things. And when I was thinking that, that was the time when I thought, what would happen if we had an organization that would actually uplift these underrepresented advisors and give them the tools they needed to run successful financial planning practices? And I thought it was a crazy idea, so I didn't tell anybody, right? So, so I was like, no way. I'm not going to tell anybody about Naturally. this. Because it's like, what's going to happen if, I, if, I'm, quiet. Yeah. if I'm wrong, you know? So um, I, I reached out to a, a few friends that I, I thought, you know, that I respected in the industry and said, hey, um, what do you think about this idea? And when they heard it, they were like, yeah, this is absolutely what, yeah, I think it's, we're 100% behind you. So we started the journey there. Prior to that, we started the BLX internship. So in 2020, we started that. And it was right on the, the cusp of what was going on with George Floyd. We had a lot of advisors that were feeling um, like they needed to do something. So we came together and we started the BLX internship for Black and Latinx aspiring financial advisors. Um, and we'll get into a little bit of the details on it, but we started it because there was nothing that we could see, right? So I think it was a, when, when we think about the industry as a whole, all of us want it to be more inclusive, all of us want it to be more diverse, right? But even the people that are in the industry that are diverse are looking like, what do we do to make it more diverse? So I think it's an us thing, like, right? All of us have to get together to make this work. And that was the beginning of what we thought it started, trying to get everybody together. So you talk about entering the business 22 years ago and feeling like you're coming up against walls, even though this is, at, even at that time, an industry that was striving to be more diverse, and you fast forward to where we are today, and, and everybody in the room, FICOM included, are still struggling to figure out, you know, how do we honor our values with what actually shows up in our business in a way that we can feel good about, and also, you know, recognizing that we're all on a journey, and I feel like I'm, like, still pretty close to the beginning of my journey, I certainly am not near the end. But when we were thinking, like, what is the actual issue? Like, what issue are we talking about here when we're talking about the struggle to become a diverse industry? Absolutely. I think it's, I think it's the, the creating the space, right? We talk about that a lot, and we say that a lot, but what does that actually mean? Like, where can someone um, be themselves, right? Where can they talk to someone, like, even amongst different groups, you know that you can say certain things to Candace that you wouldn't say to everyone else just because of the relationship you have, right? And I think that when we talk about being authentic and we talk about um, really caring about people, I think if we lead with empathy in the industry that is really tried to remove emotion from everything we do, mm. right? So let's, let's, I'll say it again, like if we can lead with empathy 
and, and, and connect with people, right? Really genuinely care about someone. And, and I think the, the, most, uh, the most sincere form of understanding is listening to what someone has to say, right? You have to listen to what people have to say. And so what I've seen is when I'm sitting down and I'm talking to advisors from those backgrounds and they, and they can let their card down a little bit and be a little vulnerable. And then myself being vulnerable with them, knowing that we're gonna make mistakes, right? We had this happen the other day and I, I talked about this on, on the call. Um, even in our, in, our, in our organization. So we had a call the other day and someone identified with they, them, and I accidentally called her she in a call in front of the whole team, right? And I'm talking about this because we are all gonna make mistakes in our journey to be more diverse. And so she called me out on it and I, I, was, and I just said, you know what, um, I need to do better. You're right, I need to do better. And there's gonna be instances in your firm when you're gonna have people that come in that you might not completely understand. But you come to them and you let them know that I want to make this work. We're going to do everything we can to make it work. And please forgive me for mistakes that I may make. And, and I think if you're coming with very sincere, authentic um, you know, conversations with these people, then they will understand that, OK, we, we can grow together. And, and that's what we've seen in the BLX program. right? We've seen advisors come from our, our aspiring advisors come into these uh, firms with different backgrounds and have conversations with the people in the firm and then make changes to accommodate them. And it wasn't always that they had to make changes to accommodate them. It was sometimes they just didn't know that they didn't feel comfortable in certain situations. And I think that the, the open line of communication, I'm not going to come here and tell you that I have all the answers. And that after you're done listening to this in the next 30 minutes, you're going to be able to go back to your firm and everything's going to change. That's not what's going to happen. But what we can do is start having those conversations and open dialogue about how we more like, like how we relate to uh, people from more diverse backgrounds. And I think that's where it really like starts. I feel like you are definitely one of them, Emlyn, but we've had guests on our podcast and we have friends within the industry that quite honestly school us a lot on it and we learn new things and new ways of relating to people. And I think one of the things that you've really imparted on me is like it's going to get uncomfortable and like that's okay, like to embrace the discomfort. And I'd love, and you've had such success in what you've been founding. I'd love for you to talk to kind of what has happened at BLX, mm -hmm. how you now have so many interns, you don't have enough firms yeah. for anyone who's listening and like wants a first step. So you've got so many interns and so many firms, but some of the, you know, some of the challenges that you've experienced with that one specific, I think, that yeah. you had talked about. Mm -hmm. And that really, it's not about having the answers or knowing the formula. It's really about having the willingness to embrace like, we're in a new trajectory, and so there are things we're not going to know. And to your point, we're going to make mistakes, and we're going to fumble, and we're going to feel uncomfortable, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, it, talking about the BLX program, so like we said, in 2020, we started this program. And we, didn't, you know, like, we just wanted to help people get into the industry. So that first year, we had 37 uh, interns that actually went through the program. Of the 37 interns that went through, 26 of them were offered full-time jobs. Eight of them had to go back to school, so they couldn't you know, couldn't work. And the other three didn't, didn't work at that time. What that tells you is 27 of the 30, or 26 of the 37 people actually were offered full-time jobs from the firms that they were working at, all from diverse backgrounds. So that told us that it wasn't a talent issue, 
right? It's not that the talent wasn't there. And then the other aspect that we have in the BLX program is that we have a career changers piece. So it's not all college students coming in, it's some career changers. And I was fortunate enough to have um, one, uh, one intern with me that had come from you know, one of the large five uh, accounting firms and did communication there. And so I have this, 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 this um, person working for me that's well, way overqualified to be an intern, right? And I needed her to help me with communication for my clients. And she was just, I, I didn't want to let her go. Like, you know, she, she needed to continue on her career and stuff like that. So, but what I'm saying is the talent was incredible that we were getting. And so that first year we had that many. This year we're already up to, um, we have over 100 interns that have applied, right? So we have over 100 people and we don't even have enough firms to take on all of these interns. And that was because I think this, this what happened there I think is, we finally made financial services look like a viable career for a group of people. And in three years, we've been able to get up to 100 people to say, like, yeah, you know, this is something that we would be interested in. And before, like, something that I would say to the industry as a whole is one of the things that, that I think makes this uh, not as appealing to other people is how difficult we make it sound to be here. Now, we know it's difficult to run, to, to do this, right? But when you, when, you, when you lead with, like, we have an 11% success rate, I don't know if I'm gonna, I don't know if I'm a college student and I'm sitting there saying, well, only 11% of the people succeed in this business. That's what I wanna do, right? That's not, what, that's not what's happening. Or the other thing is a lot of times people will perceive this as a sales job. Mm -hmm. And so if you've come here or if you have parents that are from a diverse background and you're coming into this industry and you're saying, hey, mom, hey, dad, We've talked about some of the some of the relationship stuff with with, uh, with the last presentation we had, but when we're thinking, mom, dad, hey, I'm going to go to school and now I'm going to go be a salesman, and they're like, no, you're not going to do that. We're not going to have you be a salesman. Yeah. Um, but what I wanted to get to was the the, the instance where we had uh, we had a young lady go to a firm, and this firm knows what the BLX program is about. It's called the Black Latinx program, so we know what kind of people are going to come to the firm. Well, we have this advise this, this, this young woman go to a firm and they have a picture of a Confederate flag in the room where she's studying. Yeah, I just want to let it stop for a little while. Just let it think about that. And so here we are trying to make this, <laughs> try, trying to get this program going, trying to help this person get into the industry. And this firm is participating in this, has donated money to do this. And then when the person gets there, this is what's going on. When we talk about having your values aligned, Right? When we talk about being authentic, when we talk about you know, being real, like not just having lip service, but actually doing this. Now, granted, I, I think that that was something that you know, we, we, we dealt with that, and it was very uncomfortable. I had to have that conversation with that firm, and, and it was a very uncomfortable conversation. But I'm looking at it from my place, but what about the intern that we had come in? Right? We, we were supposed to bring them in and help them. Now, I said all that to say this. We had a conversation with the firm. They made the adjustments that they need to make, and we were able to move forward. What I'm saying is, as you're beginning to look and create a space, right? because mm -hmm. we said that, create a space for the people that you want to have come in, please just double check what the surroundings look like. Double check your own motives. Double check your level of empathy that you're gonna have when the person comes in. Because if you don't have those things, you're gonna make it incredibly difficult for that person to come. And we all know how fast bad news travels, right? So it's not gonna be just that one person that says something. We're in different colleges. We have over 200 relationships with different uh, CFP board certified com uh, uh, colleges. So we are talking a lot 
and, and the last thing that we want to do is have those types of experiences shared throughout everywhere, right? We know what we are up against. All of us in the room understand how difficult this is. And all we're saying is, let's just create a space for the talent to grow. Mm -hmm. So this morning, Kim Lear, when she was uh, getting to Gen Z, and I could have listened to her all day long. Yes. So good. good. So phenomenal. She said that the need for, the business need for companies to be able to recruit and retain diverse talent is critical. Mm -hmm. And we talk a lot in the industry about that, recruiting diverse talent, but we also talk a lot about the generational wealth transfer. Mm -hmm. And when you look at the next generation of clients, it is no longer acceptable to not have, to not be creating that space and to not be leading with empathy. But yet, we still sort of are struggling to create that space. And I, I think that it's so relevant across all things. We were asked to come today to speak about marketing to attract talent. But when we think about all of the work that we do with the businesses that we serve, it's really about doing the inner work first and getting really clear on how to align your vision with your values in a way that creates change. So thinking through not just what initiatives you can launch at your business or a dedicated number of people and talent, a human capital pool that you can dedicate to these initiatives, um, not just an investment that can be made, but are you doing the work to align your vision and values in a way that's going to create change for you to continue to be relevant in this industry, in, in this country, in, in economy? Are there any businesses or relationships or like anyone that you can spotlight that you would say, like, we can all go after this podcast recording and check them out and learn? I think one of the, and it's, uh, when I'm thinking about like different businesses that I've seen, I've seen a lot of stuff where um, different companies have come in like to the program and done really, really well and have, but not necessarily where I would say like this company has like the most diverse background or like I, I haven't really seen that. I've seen people getting it right right and, and, and working towards that I would there's a few firms that I would say yeah they're, you know they're working towards it and they're very conscious about it I know abacus is one that's mm -hmm. really been a big a big uh, advocate of what we've been doing um, uh, there's there a few other ones that that we had but I think in, in 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 large most people are still acknowledging that they're trying to figure it out mm. right I think this is a huge thing a huge undertaking and I think the same ways that we have done the investment research, right? We are very research heavy in this industry. We, we do a lot of research. I think we need to take that same approach into what we're trying to do, not only with the research, but in terms of metrics so we can tell how the growth is going, right? I think that those are the types of things that would help us. Because right now it's like, yes, we need diversity. Yes, we need diversity every year. We need it. We need it. We want it. We want it. But are we really measuring it? Do we know what we're trying to get? Like, what is, what, is a, what is success for a firm? And that's what I think about in terms of that, because um, if, if we can have everyone moving towards their own measure of success and being able to say, okay, this was what we wanted to do this year. We wanted to bring on another, another man into our, into our workforce. So we, we did that, yes, you know what I mean? And, and pat yourself on the back. We have to be able to celebrate small wins, but what are those? And I don't think we've identified a place to give ourselves those small wins. So we keep saying the same things and not making progress because we don't even have a progress report. Well, I think what you're speaking to and what you were hinting at is at FICOM, we're 90% female-led company. And it's something that Meg as a CEO has intentionally done. And it's almost like unintentional. It just so happens that 
our designers are women or our video editors are women and they are attracted to us, which is what we we're talking about. You can't attract that which you are not. So you have to be the thing which you wish to attract more of. So we were just talking about a male hire that we made, right? So um, when we're thinking about, you know, let's just say, like, for example, you're a firm, you're not diverse. So we're all women and we still have a way to go for diversity. Yes, we, do. we do, right? So when you're thinking about a firm, and I know we've talked about this ad nauseum, not ad nauseum, but a little bit, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but if you're thinking about a firm and you're like, listen, we recognize not only is it good uh, philosophically to be more diverse because, because different thinking leads to better outcomes if we think about the transfer of wealth, but also we want a firm that reflects our client base or our potential client base. You had mentioned like there are like really three things to think about. What are those? Three things on? I, you've got to have the commitment is what you said, like the first oh, one. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. We talked about this, and I'm like, you, you put a mic in my mouth, and then I just forgot everything <laughs> yeah. I said. So um, we were talking about being, commit, being committed, right? And, and when you're committed to something, you're, you're committed to it, whether it goes good, whether it goes bad, whether it gets uncomfortable, whether it gets hard, whether no matter how difficult, you're committed. So once you have that level of commitment to making that change in your firm, that's number one. And then being authentic to that. You have to be, and we say this word and we throw it around and, and we, we, we use it a lot, but if we really get down to what it means, it means just being real. Like, are you being real? Like, are you having those real conversations? You know, when you look at yourself in the mirror, <laughs> it's just you. And you're having that conversation. I don't know about you, but I, I try to, you know, when I'm getting ready and I'm looking at myself and, and, and I'm thinking, okay, what, what am I going to do today? You know, what am I, what am I, what am I going to do today? And, and when you have that real um, thought with yourself, and then after that, it's time to execute, right? Execution is going to be the most critical thing that you will do in any plan that you put together. I'm not going to come and tell you that I have every plan that you need, but I understand what your goal is. And if it's to get diverse, you have to commit to it. If it's to get there, you have to be willing to say, this is what I'm going to do. You have to be authentic about it. People will tell. If someone comes in, if you think about it, diverse talent's going to come in, and most of the people that they're going to see aren't going to look like them. They're not going to be that. But if you are authentic in your pursuit to make the change, we will tell. People will tell. You can always tell when someone's authentic. And then the next thing is to execute. And so I think that if you can put together something about what you want to see happen and then you can execute to those goals, then you know if you're making progress, right? And that's what we were talking about. So I think it's, it's, it's a big problem. It's a big undertaking. It's going to take time. So give yourself grace, but also give yourself those progress checks so you can see what's going on. And I think one of the most important ones is going to be checking in with yourself. So it's not just about like marketing, right? Oh, uh, yeah, that, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, yes, it's it's more than just marketing. I, because um, you know, we've seen we've seen the marketing change, right? Since 2020, we've seen marketing change. We've seen more faces of color. We've seen more people of color. We've seen more women. We've seen a lot of things change up front. If you if you lift up the hood of that change, is there really the change? Is it really going on? Is it really authentic? Right. That's the second part. Is it authentic? And and then. Um, after we talk about it, is, is there execution on that? Like, mm -hmm. it, so I think that um, it, it is something that that I really just feel like we're gonna get it right. I think we're gonna. I, I just have. I don't know if it's if it's if it's if it's just my my faith in the industry, people in the room like this, 
Um, but I really think that we have a tremendous opportunity to change the complexion of wealth. We have the, an opportunity to do that. And if we let it slip by, we have no one else to blame but ourselves. We do have a tremendous opportunity to change the complexion of wealth, to change the complexion of our industry. And I think, you know, it's not just about um, sort of the vanity of it or platitudes, right? Like yeah. you're talking about pictures that people want to put on websites or we have people that come to us, clients that are talking about well, what they want their um, content or their social media imagery to look like. And we feel as though it's our responsibility to ask why. Why? Because if there's no clear truth behind what you're taking out from a marketing perspective, you have no clear path to connect, and that relates to how you recruit, that relates to the types of firms that you're looking to acquire, um, it relates to the types of clients that you're going to attract. And when we are working with advisory firms who you know, most often are marketing to the end client, but they're also looking to attract advisors, whether it's for recruiting or for M&A, our guidance is to really think about not actually having a specific message to the advisor, because advisors are going to be most attracted to whatever brand you're putting out to the public market. And so if they see you leading with your values and showing up in a way that's really human and authentic, and in how you speak to your clients and prospective clients and how you share your worldviews world and how you create community, you will get other advisors who recognize that, who notice it, and will pick up the phone and call you and say, you know, I'd like to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why I think what the work that you're doing with both Onyx and BLX is so important because you're sort of demonstrating back to the industry what all of that looks like mm -hmm. and the profound impact that it can have. So for people in the room here who are interested in potentially partnering with you and the team at BLX, talk just quickly about how, how that can happen. You have 100 interns who are in the pipeline yes. and not enough businesses to fill the needs. So yes. how, can we, how can we support that? Absolutely. So um, we would love for you to join our newsletter. <laughs> go to the <laughs> newsletter, right? And then from there, we can, uh, first thing I'd say is go to, to blx.org. So go to our website. Um, sign up there. We actually are in the middle of our matching process. So we have a whole matching process with the interns. We have a, another um, firm that does all of our interviews and, and matches what you're looking for with what we have. Um, and I think the, the talent matching process, I'll tell you this, if you do get into it, we, we started in as fee only, so I'll say that. So if you're, if, I know not everyone's fee only, but that's how we started the organization because we really didn't want products to get in the way of the advice that the people that we were trying to help needed. And that's the end client, right? We wanted to make sure that the client was getting taken care of. But when it comes to that, if you go to our website, you can sign up there. We are in the matching process now. So we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll say this because it's been one of the biggest things is that if you see someone you like after you get into this place, like and you go in there, you, if you like them, you, you need to get them immediately. OK, because if you don't, we're going to we will. This is the biggest thing about it, because we'll have we'll set three advisors up. And I'm just kind of telling you how it works with with the firm and you'll get to interview them. And if you don't reach out to them and tell them that you want them or tell us that you want them immediately, someone else will take them. So we have this happen a lot um, where people are fighting over the person that they want. And it's a good thing, but 
um, nonetheless. So the first thing I would say is go to the website. You can sign up there. We will, someone will reach out to you immediately and then we can start the matching process with what needs you have to what we have available. Emlyn, thank you so much for coming on as our guest for the third time. Thank you to BNY Mellon for hosting us, especially to Lisa Crawford for inviting us to record this episode. We'd also love to offer you a free resource if you're contemplating how to articulate your message, get it out into the marketplace in terms of usually refinement to drive organic growth. We are offering free growth consults. So if you'd like to do that, I do have a number that you can text. If you text ELITE to 949, 269-2727. We'd love to chat to you. We love hearing about all your marketing challenges and problems as well as your vision. Yes, and we end every single New School podcast episode with the same question, which Emlyn has answered twice, and I'm going to ask it again oh. because I think that this evolves. But we always conclude every episode with asking our special guests, Emlyn, what does the New School mean to you? Wow. Okay. So this is not fair because this is my third time. <laughs> I know. Um, but new school to me means change. New school to me means things are going to be different. Um, and, and I look forward to the change that you guys are bringing to the industry. And I look forward to the change that uh, the industry is making space for. That's great. Cool. Thank you. Thanks, everyone.